Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Cat Show. It is a bright, sunny day here in Los Angeles. It's not raining and it's not cold. Um, So maybe um, we're actually going to have a spring. Let's see what happens if we don't float away from all the rain we've had. But I'm very excited today to introduce our guest. We have the lovely Tracy Schupach. Let's hear it. Let's have a big tech cat hand for Tracy Schupach. All right, everybody, calm down. Calm down. Okay. (laughs) Tracy Schupach is the CEO and co-founder of a fabulous company you're going to love hearing about called Matter More. And Tracy and I have sort of um, followed each other in different aspects of uh, the marketing and communications business, but I've always been a big fan and she's kind of a hero to a lot of us in innovation. Um, but she's a well-known new media entrepreneur, and she helps really build marketplaces of the future. And she's a former executive of Publicis, um, where she famously launched many new media um, innovations, led a lot of startup experiences at the company, and really put together brands into new platforms in an operationalized way. And so, um, she, so Tracy's kind of famous for us media nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Tracy, to the show. Thank you so much, and I, I, it's so great to be here. And um, I'm really a big fan of yours as well, and um, I think you said it perfectly. We've kind of paralleled this crazy uh, media ecosystem for the last you know, decade or two, um, so lots of fun changes we've been able to see. Well, I would love for you to sort of set the stage for the audience of your background because you really have um, you really have this wonderful, deeply um, deeply entrenched media background and a large holding company where you actually were able to get some things done, which is so hard to do at such a large um, corporation. And then set the stage for for your new company, Matter More, which is all about doing um, good work. Um, And so I'd love to hear, give us a little bit of your background and then launch us into the launching of Matter More. Sure. Um, I go kind of all the way back to a kid. um, And I was lucky enough to have parents that were entrepreneurs and my father's kind of been in the more marketing area and um, two experiences that I wanted to share is one when I was 10 years old I went to work with him um, one Saturday and we go in and there's all these ladies typing the white pages and I'm like what are they doing dad (laughs) he's like you know we're essentially typing the white pages and then fast forward several years that became Experian um, which is definitely one of the backbones of what uh, any data-driven strategy uh, in marketing, whether it's direct mail or addressable television or online media, you know, experiences a serious powerhouse. Um, So I always reflect on being 10 and the ladies typing the white pages where it started. Wow. Uh, And another one that I wanted to share is um, when I was about 13, my dad picked me up from school one day and I'm like, what'd you do today, dad? And he said, well, I launched a satellite. Like, what? And I'm like, what did you launch a satellite for? And he said, I want to be able to know the exact latitude and longitude on the Earth. Um, and I'm like, well, who's going to use that? And his answer was campers and sailors. And um, that company was Magellan. And, you know, fast forward, he did not uh, anticipate the little blue dot. But <laughs> I, love, I love understanding kind of the underpinnings of what makes change happen and all the things that you can connect together, you know. And so I've spent my career, even before media, um, I worked at Monsanto where we were genetically modifying um, crops to uh, hopefully do something better for the world. Uh, some people disagree with that. And uh, I've learned a lot by working for them on how hard it is with someone with baggage to bring about a really good change to the marketplace. But the thing that I took away when I moved into media from Monsanto is the velocity of change. So some things can happen really quickly. Um, The genetically engineering of rice crops in the United States went from essentially none to almost 90% in four years. And that is because every year a farmer has to plant a crop. 
when, you know, the area of expertise, you know, I've, I've looked at a lot of stuff when I moved on to publicist, but the area of expertise I have the most knowledge about is television. Um, and you look at something like uh, mobile. Mobile is going to move faster because you get a new handset every 18 months, if not sooner. Uh, I seem to break mine quite often. Um, but for TV, you know, you're not changing your hardware out uh, very often, maybe every seven years. And the cable operators are not giving you a new box yet every seven years. So the, the rate of change, whether it be in agriculture or, or in media, if you understand some of the underpinnings of it, you can predict the velocity and help marketers navigate that landscape. Um, I decided to move into media um, I was the brand manager for NutraSuite for a while, and uh, one of the things I was able to do was uh, sponsor a figure skating, a world, world champion figure skating. And that night that it aired on television, I went home and I turned on all of my televisions. The next day I go to work and I told my boss, I said, hey, I did my part for the ratings. I turned on all of my TV sets. And he's just like, that is not how it works. And he sat me down and he explained to me how television spending and measurement um, was monitored by Nielsen. And I, from that moment on, was determined to play a role um, in changing the way television was accounted for. And um, I found a technology company called Wink that did that. Uh, and I worked there for almost five years. And we did some really cool things with interactive television, but I was most passionate about how easy it was to put software in a set-top box to be able to watch every second of what is being viewed, including the ads. And, you know, from those roots that I had from Experian, I knew that the box was attached to a street address, and that could be easily managed in a privacy-compliant uh, way with a company like Experian to attach a lot of really powerful um, analytical demographic uh, targeting attributes to it. So I knew that there was something there, but I had to call on agencies in that role, and I was very frustrated at how slow they moved. And I thought I really could make a much bigger difference if I came to the buy side and at a big agency like Publicis and started to pull through the innovations that I knew would be uh, better for our ecosystem. Um, so that's what landed me at Publicis. You know, and it's so interesting, too, because when you try and pull together, you know, an Experian and, and maybe a cable company inside of an environment like a Publicis, it's really hard it's really hard because there are so many different stakeholders and lawyers and all this kind of stuff. So it, it always amazes me how much you actually got done, you know? Yeah, well, it helps when you are putting billions of dollars in the marketplace. You know, it, I think yeah. agencies, are they sit a, at a very important intersection to drive change. You know, it's very hard for one advertiser alone to drive change. Um, you know, there's several out that out there that are trying to, you know, most recently Procter & Gamble and making, you know, some, some measurement uh, proclamations for digital, um, you know, they could probably drive some change. But the more you can pull together your client base and be on the money side, you can affect change. It's, it's hard internally. I think most agency struc uh, structure is a challenge for innovators, um, you know, the famed silos and trying to get across silos because different people control different pieces of the money. But a well-run agency can really have impact on moving a market. Well, it's funny, too, because I, I didn't always, in my role at the IPG lab, I didn't have access to, to media dollars. I had access to the media agencies that had access to the media dollars. So I had a few layers in between me, but you were really sitting right at the money money center is what you're saying and if you have that those media dollars you you can move move mountains in many ways right i have i've worked both ways and it is much easier if you have the money um, <laughs> yeah, i can tell you that um, i have worked both ways and um if you have someone who believes in you and you don't have the money you can make some change happen um we did a lot of great things in measurement but i never controlled the measurement dollars 
Uh, and, uh, but I, I started something called The Pool, and in The Pool, we were looking at when online video was brand new, we are like, we got to be able to come up with a better ad unit than a 30-second pre-roll, right? Right. So in that case, I actually did control all the dollars and had a lot of media companies' attention to try and make a change. Um, and then in the addressable TV marketplace, I did control all the money, and you can, you can make change happen that way. Well, we are going to take a break in a moment, but when we come back, I want to talk now about the new company. So you left your your big job at Publicis recently, and you are now the CEO and co-founder of a new company called Matter More Media, correct? Correct. And can you just give us a top line on what Matter More Media is about? Well, we are um, experts in trying to provide advisory and agency services. So there's a lot of people who are bringing really sophisticated video activation um, ideas to market. So we help both on the sell side bring viable ideas, um, but we are creating a agency. So we are going to try and help marketers matter more by using more precise techniques, specifically in video. Oh, I love that. And you're going to give us more background on on your sort of philosophy because there's a social good piece to this as well. So we're going to be back in a moment with the fabulous Tracy Shupak, who is the CEO and co-founder of Mattermore Media and who also is a famous media evangelist and innovations person um, on the marketing communication side. And whenever any TV talk comes up at any event I'm at, everyone's like, oh, Tracy's speaking. We have to go hear Tracy. (laughs) So it's very exciting to have you here. All right, we're going to be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with the fabulous Tracy Shupak. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And we are back with the fabulous 
Tracy Shupak, who is CEO and co-founder of Mattermore Media. And Tracy, of course, is a pioneer in addressable TV advertising and in all sorts of innovation programs with major brands having spent a significant amount of her career at large Marcom agencies, most recently a publicist, where she just left to form Mattermore Media. So tell us more about Mattermore Media and um, why you founded it, what what drove you to do it and, and what the focus of the, of the new company is. So um, for the last three years within the side of Publicis, we've been shepherding and finally getting on enough scale in uh, advanced TV, which would include addressable television and data-driven television, that we were able to run 250 campaigns. So the, the market actually, after talking about it for the last 10 years, finally started to really develop, and uh, we built a business. And the company, Publicis, has decided to go in a different direction and decentralize things where, you know, I could have stayed on top of it but not really run the business. So that gave me a minute to pause and say, what do I want to do? And I was just so excited by all the opportunity finally coming to video or TV or whatever we're going to call that. Um, So... You know, the things that I have been talking about and evangelizing actually are now actionable. And I have experience at actually building a small agency within a big agency and know that I can do it. And I know that the media actually works. I know how to do it end to end. And so I was really excited by um, bringing this capability to a new marketing set. And um, there's some clients out there that I'm really interested in bringing uh, advanced television to, and that would include direct mail and mid-market clients. And those are not, those are not clients that um, a big agency like Publicis is currently uh, servicing. But I've always been talking about how addressable television is exactly like direct mail, and the only difference is I'm not delivering paper to a mailbox. I'm delivering video to a set-top box or one day maybe a smart TV. So it is essentially the exact same principles that the direct mail $50 billion business is built off of going back to, you know, my um, heritage, you know, watching Experian grow up and be a direct mail powerhouse. So it, it's, it is exactly the same techniques that you're using, except the CPMs are quite um, different. So the average cost of a direct mail piece might be a dollar. And in television speak, that's a $1,000 CPM. And addressable media is significantly less than a $1,000 CPM. It's like, you know, let's go with like 30, 40, 50, maybe depending on the category um, in that range. So you're getting a significant discount, uh, but you're using sight, sound, and motion. So I was really interested in going after direct mail and then mid-market. So we used to tell advertisers, if you don't have $20 million, don't bother being on TV because it's a mass medium. And that number has significantly changed, which gives the opportunity for companies like a Peloton or a Blue Apron or the host of things that I see in my Facebook feed to now be on TV. You know, these companies are uh, venture capital backed, generally looking to make sure that the media investment works hard. Advanced TV, it makes it so that every ad that is served can be measured. And when it is uh, returned to a safe haven like an Experian, it can be tied with other data sets like did they buy a Peloton bike? So you finally can connect one-to-one. And because you can buy a smaller universe, the size of your budget can be significantly below $20 million, and you can get yourself on TV and get you know, the fantastic results that you would see from either a direct mail or something more digital where you can actually connect impressions to sales. So you're really helping out you know, companies that normally wouldn't have access to the power of all of this. Now, I know that there's a philanthropic piece to this, too. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, You know, in the last four years, um, a little over four years ago, I was, we got some unfortunate news about my son was diagnosed with cancer. And, um, you know, it was a a pretty startling uh, diagnosis, to say the least. 
But one of the things that I immediately did was turn to my team at work and say, um, let's do something to make a difference because I can't just sit here and be have no control over what's happening. Yeah. Let's do something yep. to make a, make a difference. And so I, I created something called Team Brightside, um, and we compete in the Chicago Triathlon every year. And, you know, over the last four years, we've raised over $600,000 and had 120 um, teammates complete the triathlon with us. And um, what I found was, and most of those 120 people are in our industry, and what I, I have found is that creating a culture, at least on the team that I was running, um, that we are driven by purpose, whether that is purpose in the work that we do or purpose by the causes that we embrace um, makes for a much better working environment. It makes it feel like it's not work. And so it is my hope when now I'm in charge of building a company and creating culture and philosophy and, and uh, things like that, that we are rooted in having a culture that allows the employees to connect and contribute to issues that matter more in the world. For me, that's childhood cancer, um, but that's not to say uh, that's what all the employees will embrace. I just want to create an environment where they connect with the cause and the mission, not only work, but also on larger issues that the, that the world faces. Now, I know a lot of large companies are trying to do that as well because they also recognize that to engage millennials and the next generation, you have to have social good built into the fabric of the company. So does that mean that you'll put aside a portion of your profits to Team Brightside or like how does it actually manifest? Is it just getting getting active in those organizations or is it changing your financial dynamic within the company? Well, the, 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 we're just getting started with Mattermore, so it's just me and my business partner right now. So we're brand new. Um, so I wouldn't say what we're doing is donating profits because we've got to get some first. <laughs> but I, 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 have, I have faith in you. I've already, I've already you know, given you a chance to give away your profits. <laughs> yes. Um, and I absolutely personally will. Uh, and I personally set aside a significant amount of time to run um, Team Brightside. So I created a 501c3 um, that you can, you can join the team or donate at uh, teambrightside.com. Um, but so I right now, uh, give a significant amount of my time to get that set up. And, uh, I'm sure in my life, I mean, I give a lot of, of money to the cause and, um, you know, right now it's just two people owning one business. So yes. That was my long answer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be a cultural thing because I know that I have a lot of colleagues who are struggling with retaining young staff and are losing them to, you know, funky startups and, you know, innovative companies and just, diff- you know, cultures that are a little bit more modern. And so a lot of them just slap on some corporate social good day, but that's not the core of the company. And so I think a lot of younger folks are looking for for that wraparound, you know, that it's part of the culture, it's bred into the company, not just something, an afterthought. I absolutely saw that with my my extended team, Brightside. You know, again, a lot of those people I worked with, and I saw what a complete immersive, you know, diving deep into something that matters beyond work, what, does, what that does to culture. And so um, that's my hope that uh, it's completely immersive and people, you know, come to work passionate about what they do and mattering in other aspects. There's another, another area that um, I'm interested in exploring, um, and it gets pretty technical, but the idea of uh, addressable television, uh, especially in live TV, when you convert to addressable, it gives you the opportunity to buy a piece of the avail, but not the whole avail. So let's say both you and your neighbor are watching Monday Night Football. Um, we can send one message to you and not one to your neighbor. So what does your neighbor see? Right? So this is a big thing that the industry, you know, inside baseball talks about. What do you do with what we call the bottom of the avail? 
And, you know, I'm really interested in, er, in learning about, like, ad council. And so ad council, you know, is where the industry gives away uh, inventory for uh, philanthropic messages. And ad council probably supports, you know, a handful of, you know, messages. But there are so many other philanthropic messages that don't get the benefit of ad council. But now there's this bottom of the avail and what do you do with it? And so I'm interested in how I can help the industry understand how um, charity can work as part of advertising messages as the avail starts to fracture. So you're act- so actually using the operational structure of the business that we're in to benefit you know, social good and charity, because you're so deeply, deeply entrenched in how this really works. And so those, that free broadcast time, you're going to hack away at to, to, to get to the people who need to get their message out. Yep. I would love to, I'm right now, I'm just evangelizing and putting it out there as an idea and looking for ways to find that connection to make that happen. So, you know what I love about this too, is like, you, you know, you sit down with people and they're like, oh, I do this, or I work at a hospital or, I do something important and I'm always like, I work in marketing (laughs) and tech and I'm not that I'm not proud of the work I'm doing. It just means that I'm not, I don't feel like I'm contributing to a society. So this is like a really nice way for you to give back um, while leveraging your knowledge base and making a living and doing all the things that we all need to do. But you're actually pounding against the, the stream here. Um, you know, making things better. So we're going to take a break in a moment. Um, when, when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the other tech trends that are going on in the space, marketing tech trends. And, you know, video, of course, is your specialty. And with so many new things popping up all the time, you know, live video being the newest kind of craze, you know, how do you determine what to talk to clients about and what what should be sold and monetized. Um, So we're going to talk more with Tracy Shupak, CEO and co-founder of Matter More Media, um, who is a fantastic expert on all things um, in innovations in media buying and planning and um, and has obviously turned her attention to something that matters. You're making me want to do something now. <laughs> okay, it's anyway. Catchy, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Team Brightside, baby. All right, we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. So we are back, and uh, I was just talking to Tracy about, was it scary to to leave the big gig and to jump into being an entrepreneur for something that obviously matters, uh, matter more media, but w- was it scary for you to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, leave that, that steady check? Um, it's absolutely scary. I give a lot of credit to anyone who has tried to become an entrepreneur is um, all... Uh, consuming. I wake up in the morning at four o'clock. I've never done that before and just start working. Although it doesn't really feel like work. I love it. Every single minute of it. The scary part is the paycheck and the risk that that, you know, you've got to go out there and do it yourself um, and make it happen. And uh, I, I definitely feel a shift in the way I think about things because of it and applaud any entrepreneur who's tried it before. And I'm glad that I've done it. 
Well, I, I, I know that you have lots of fingers and lots of pies in terms of understanding the latest trends. When a client comes to you and says, should I do Snapchat or should I do live video? Like, how do you track what the right thing to do is? Because there are so many new tech platforms popping up all the time. Well, I, I always start with data. I think data is the most important thing to me because data, if done properly, you know, will tell you the truth. And so what I'm most interested in is understanding how to connect um, marketing uh, channels through data. So the idea of multi-screen attribution, I think, is where I love that I don't have a silo anymore, so I don't have to stay in addressable television, but I do know how to connect television impressions to digital impressions to understand what's driving attribution. And so that is a skill that I think is going to become more and more important to marketers, is to understand how to connect everything from your call center to your TV ad to your Snapchat you know, and hopefully there's not too many walled gardens in the way for you to be able to understand uh, your marketing investment and how hard it works. So I, I usually start with the data first. And then are you playing with a lot of this new tech at home? Um, you know, we always talk about, like, what do you have in the house? Because when we're talking about innovation, we kind of have to have played with this stuff ourselves. Do you have a lot of uh, tech in the house? Yeah, I think we're, I mean, I would consider myself, at least for an advertising person, um, you know, fairly uh, tech forward. I, you know, I, I've i led several hundred people through the CES uh, uh, circus, and uh, I, I'm a total geek. I love it all. I love, I like to be, you know, the first, I feel like I've stood in line at the Apple store, not lately, uh, but when it was all the rage to be in line for hours before they came out, definitely was doing that, so really forward you know, leaning. I still love some old things, though. I still am in love with my TiVo. I have a hard time Me getting rid too. of it. Me too. Me too. I still have my TiVos, too. Yeah. Although that, X1 that is are. doing a great job, and I watch TV everywhere. Um, it's it's interesting. I have a I have a really nice big TV in my bedroom, but I find myself either watching TV as I go to bed on my iPad or my mobile phone because my eyesight is so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, I always laugh when people say it's on the go, and I'm like, no, it's for me. It's on my pillow. Um, uh-huh. You know. I'm fascinated by the Internet of Things. I feel like I was probably the first person that I knew to get a nest and, you know, what all those things mean when they, the exhaust that they, they put out, the data exhaust, and how you can connect all that together really geeks me out. But I think the thing that fascinates me the most is to watch my two kids, and I'm sure every mother says this, but um, my 12-year-old is a YouTuber, and he has a channel called Rai Rai the Gaming Guy. And he's been he's been at it about a year, and um, right now he's making more money than mom. <laughs> no kidding! Is he making yeah. is he making dough? He's making dough. I think oh his my last God, check was like six thousand dollars. So he's, no he's, way! No <laughs> way! <laughs> and does he um, publish daily, weekly? How does it work? <laughs> he publishes, um, I think, twice a week, which is so ironic to me that all these YouTubers publish on a schedule. Like, you thought that the TV schedule was gone, but no, there it is in YouTube. Right, um, right. Appointment TV. Last summer, I went with him to VidCon, the the big uh, YouTube convention, and I just had such a blast watching all these kids that were really um, talking about being authentic. Like, there's certain things he will not do on his channel because that's not authentic mom, right? That my, my subscribers would hate that. It's just, it's funny to listen to them talk and, um, you know, learn how to do the green screen and he does all his own editing and, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect and he just puts it up there and I just think it's fabulous to watch. I went to a big um, industry dinner the other night and we had this debate over dinner whether we should still call it TV. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. No right. answer. Um, so I came home and there my older son was watching YouTube and I said, honey, are you watching TV? And he was watching it on his uh, iPad probably. 
And are you watching TV? No, mom, I'm watching YouTube. And then I'm like, okay. I come back an hour later and now he's watching Netflix on the same device. And I said, honey, are you watching TV? He said, yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So he, so he doesn't see YouTube as TV, but everything else. Everything else. This TV, it doesn't matter the device, but YouTube is YouTube. God, that is so, so, so interesting. And does he ever say I'm watching video or he just says YouTube? YouTube. Oh, God, that is great. I can't believe he's making so much money. I'm like, can I do that? <laughs> is that I just know. from, well, is that just, just from, from, I mean, YouTube, YouTube has done such a great job with their content creator studio. I mean, yeah. Re- really some good stuff. So we went to LA and it was fabulous. And we're now that he has more than what I think the thresholds, 10,000 subscribers. Um, I think he's getting close to 20,000. He's got one video that has over 5 million views. So wow. What, what is the video about? Um, it's, it's a collab because that's what they're called when you collaborate with another YouTuber with um, a very popular channel, Dude Perfect, doing trick shots. Um, sometimes I come home and I'm like, what are you doing? The hot knife challenge? Like he's taking a blowtorch to a hot knife and cutting through Play-Doh. And I'm like, really? Adult supervision. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yet he's pulling in like I was just thinking, gee, six grand would be nice a month. Just extra change cover the mortgage and my Amazon problem, you know? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's so interesting too. Cause then I'm like, we've, we set some rules like, you know, some goes to savings, blah, blah. The rest you can spend for the channel. Next thing I know, he's like, I, I need to go to the Apple store. Cause we, I have to get a new laptop and I'm like, Oh my God, he really is going to buy it with his own money. <laughs> Well, that is so, so impressive. That is totally impressive. Now, are you someone that also has, say, uh, Amazon Alexa or Google Home everywhere? And is that a conversation that's coming up a lot for for brands, what to do there? Yeah, I think that was probably uh, one of the key things that I took away from CES this year is how the open API and Alexa can really take off. And, um, yes, we have an Alexa, and it's it's interesting to see uh, what's in the shopping cart. It makes me giggle when my when I ask what's in the shopping cart, and my kids have put all these random things in there. Yeah, um, mine too. <laughs> so I I we talk to her every day, uh, several times a day. What's the weather? Let's play some music. Let's put some stuff in a shopping cart, and I could just see tons of potential. Um, you know, with connected homes and, you know, connected lighting. And, I mean, it was really just everywhere at CES that you could see underlying it all. What I took away was that idea of the velocity of things. It feels, you know, I've been going, uh, I think, 12 years now. And the changes that I've seen in 12 years, each year, you know, like Moore's Law, feels exponential, or every two years feels exponential. Things, I can remember that first self-driving car, and everyone said, never going to happen. I can remember taking my client, an insurance company, onto the floor and say, saying, this will change insurance, and they said, never going to happen. Huh. Yeah. And now it's happening. <laughs> And now it's happened. My, you right, know, my dad right, drives a right. self-driving car, and I'm like, it, it is happening. Happening, and um, that is so exciting for marketers because it just opens up the opportunities to be creative, to make things connect. It also makes things complicated. But I think if you have experts helping you navigate it, um, I think it's a very exciting time. And what's the big thing that you think brands are asking the most for right now? And I know data is a really important piece, but it's such a big, wide word. Like, what, what, what is the question you're answering the most? ROI. What's the ROI for anything you do or for, yeah. or for some of these newer platforms? Anything, everything. It's to me, it's you know attribution and allocation across all the marketing channels. It's trying to get everything to connect together to a single user, or you know, or a single household. Like we got to get down and more granular with the amount of data that is out there, so that we can show what is working, and so that we can accelerate what is working and shift what away from what is not. And so the expectation from a lot of brands right now is that everything is going to be trackable and so you'll be able to determine whether there's an ROI or not. Yeah, hopefully. 
it's still a, a lot of Swiss cheese, but we're, we're getting, we have made some serious progress. You know, TV was the last holdout. I mean, maybe paper, uh, magazines, you know, the, the paper type. <laughs> um, they, they, and direct mail, although that can be connected too. I mean, really, everything is connectable at this point. It's a matter of stitching it all together. And, and picking the right the right focus too, because gosh, it's so. Um, sometimes I get so overwhelmed by by even just the choices for devices in my house, because I too, like you, have one of almost everything. Um, now, are you in love with your Ramba? Oh yeah. <laughs> because, because the thing about the Ramba is that that if you did go to CES, and I also went to CES Asia last year, you see that robots, robotics, and what the Ramba is today how it will evolve tomorrow. So it'll go from just being a vacuum cleaner to actually being a, a home service agent. Um, well, I, you know. I, I like the, the robot that actually woke up the kids. That was the one that I wanted. I was like, why can't my Roomba wake up my children? Because one child is very hard to get up in the morning. <laughs> right, and, right. And also they're saying that robots will become the sort of solution to the latchkey kid because they'll actually be home. And the kid will come in, we'll check in with the robot, the robot will be able to go to the refrigerator and pull out the food that was prepared and all of that stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, even, I thought just having um, the refrigerators two years ago was all the rage, which I thought was so cool. You're taking a picture every time you open up the refrigerator so that you know what is in there for shopping. I thought that was such a great app. But even just having the ability to know what's going in the garbage can, to be able to keep track of what you need to order and, you know. Yeah, that, I love senior, that. Senior citizens and, you know, being able to be more connected with, you know, elderly people. I, you know, there's just so much fun stuff out there. That's that's coming down the pike, right? That's yep. coming down the that's coming down the mic. So for you, I know Mattermore Media is going to be your your big attention for, for the next uh, gazillion years. So we're going to be back in a moment. I want to hear where you guys are going next, where we can find you, where we can learn about you, you know, what's what's happening. Um, and then we'll, we'll follow up um, letting our audience know wh- where they can tag you. So we'll be back in a moment with the fabulous Tracy Shupak, who's been dropping some insights on uh, where all of this madness is going. And then how can smaller companies um, really benefit from, you know, d- uh, addressable television, which, you know, has always been the golden standard for all of this. Um, so we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. And we are finishing up on the Tech Cat Show with the fabulous Tracy Shupak, who is CEO and co-founder of Matter More Media, which is a really cool new agency with which has a cultural uh, philanthropic focus, which I love, um, based on um, her own experiences with Team Brightside and, and cancer. And how's your son doing now? Um, he's in remission and uh, off of treatment and um, not yet can we say he's a survivor, but we're getting closer. Oh, my God, that's so exciting. Well, I know your community um, always um, sort of circles around your posts um, when you when you share with us uh, the status of things and then supports you in all the work that you're doing with Team Brightside. Yeah. Well, wh- wh- what's, what's next for Mattermore Media? So um, the first step was to, you know, get a, a company put together legally and then move on to branding. So we have just soft-launched our website, um, mattermoremedia.com and uh, it's been a fun experience and one of the things we really wanted to do is we wanted to incorporate video into our website which has turned out to be significantly harder um, than I thought uh, to be able to put a high quality video with uh, no buffering going on um, so we're, we're learning and we have put together our five social media platforms so we'll be active on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. Um, I've put up with the help of BTV all the BTV interviews that I've done over the past few years. So you could go to our YouTube channel and see the various uh, hairstyles I've had over the last five or six years. <laughs> with me, it's like it's like weight, you know, and hair color. So uh-huh. I'll be like, oh, that's when I was 10 pounds heavier and wore dark hair. Oh, that cut doesn't look good. You know what I mean? Oh, like it's-, it's up and down, up and down. There are some ones that I thought about not putting up, um, but I, I decided that it was, you know, all for, for good. Um, and then, of course, Instagram. And, um, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm loving, I've always loved quotes. And um, so we're thinking about how we deploy each of those five channels differently um, and learning a lot about social media. You know, I haven't, I haven't really leaned in in my media buying career into social media. Um, so it's been fascinating to, to really lean in and understand the differences and how you can drive an audience and what kind of messages people are looking for across the, the channels. And um, so it's been fun, really fun. So those are, those are all set up and we're about ready to start publishing once we can get our website up and fully live to where we're, we're satisfied. Oh, that's um, great. I do a lot of speaking and um, hope to continue to do that. And the next one that I have is Media Post TV Insider Summit that's in Arizona, March 19th through the 22nd. So we'll be talking about all the crazy future of television things. And I'm going to be speaking specifically about smart TVs and what Samsung and Vizio and others, um, what happens when you make a TV smart and how that really changes the game of advertising and has the potential to be um, very disruptive or potentially incredibly additive to the addressable inventory because it's essentially just an IP address just like online. Um, so that really could open up quite a bit of interesting cross-platform measurement and the ability to serve ads kind of seamlessly across various glass in the house that you can reach in frequency and sequence the message and, you know, the real, truly holy grail of the whole thing. So I'm giving um, a... Uh, short keynote on kind of what we're calling the shiny object of smart TVs. Oh, I wish I could be there. I can't be everywhere, though. So here's my question to you. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to make sure that you go to this year now that you're outside of the big agency? So besides the Media Post TV Insider, are you going to go to um, Cannes? Are you going to DeMexico? Like, how do you make these decisions now that it's not a big, big holding company's purse? 
That's a great question. The one that I really would love to go and speak at is um, the DMA Then Conference. So I just feel, I'm going to go back to this direct mail thing because I really feel the direct mail advertisers have a huge opportunity in front of them with television to take what they've done, what they know how to do. They're very sophisticated marketers with paper and mail and add in this really powerful tool of national television. Um, And I would love to, I I spent a year collecting all the catalogs that I was going to throw away in the trash. So not the ones I like, just the trash. Right, and I yeah. have eleven banker boxes of direct mail, and you know this is the opportunity right here is how do we make that trash work harder that's got to work harder, and um, I think TV plays a role, and so I know it might sound surprising, but the DMA is the one that I would love to go talk to advertisers about this potential because I feel like it's fairly unknown. Um, to this part of the world. When you um, when you think about like you know what the next year is going to bring for you and the and the company, do you envision that you're going to be building it out to like a twenty person company, a thirty person company, um, or will have more of that boutique agency feel? Well, at Publicis, we had it up to about. I think there was 15 on the team before we decentralized. And, you know, we were servicing, um, you know, we did 250 campaigns in the last three years. So a pretty small team can do a lot of heavy lifting. Um, So it really will depend on how far the clients want us to extend beyond um, connecting all these data sources and video investments. Because as if what our clients are going to want is for us to extend further, then we will be, you know, extending our expertise, and that will require, you know, bringing on talent that understands things like programmatic digital bidding, All right? That's not something that I personally have a great deal of expertise in. So it's going to depend really, I think, on the clients that we pick up and uh, what they're looking for. Well, I, I, I love that. I well, you're so you're so um, you know um, well known and uh, such a great resource for so many people in the industry. And so I, I can only assume that everyone will be coming to you and wanting to jump aboard um, what you're doing, which is such a great place to be when you're an entrepreneur. Um, is that you're kind of a famous, well-respected entrepreneur um, instead of a scrappy um, nobody who's demanding money from people. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which I tend to interview a few of those kind of folks. But anyway, <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, we have to be on the lookout for the fabulous things that Tracy Shupak is doing with Mattermore Media and also Team Brightside. And, and where can we learn more about Team Brightside again? Teambrightside.com. You can join our team. Anybody is welcome um, to do the Chicago Triathlon uh, the end of August, the last Sunday in August. For the adults and the Saturday for the kids because my sons anchor the children's team and uh, it's a blast. Tons of fun and you can also, of course, donate there as well. And and bringing that idea of social good into into your life is so important. And also check out Rai Rai the Gaming Guy on YouTube, right? Yeah, Rai Rai the Gaming Guy. Right, right, the gaming guy, so that Tracy can build an extension to her house funded by her son, which I just <laughs> love. That's just so amazing. Well, this is Lori H. Schwartz, your tech cat. We have been talking to the fabulous and very famous Tracy Schupach, Mattermore Media, um, famous uh, media entrepreneur um, who is now changing her focus and doing something really important um, and helping out um, smaller companies get into the game with addressable advertising and all sorts of other social good pieces. So, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much for having me and we will uh, be back next week with some more fabulous people probably not as fabulous as tracy but we we aim to please here on the tech cat show (laughs) have a great week everybody Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 